This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan, Deputy Editor of NRL.com. I'm joined in the studio this week by NRL.com Fantasy Experts Chris Kennedy and Don Brock. Boys, Easter around the corner, but the fantasy never stops. Yeah, exactly. I do love the uh, the Easter weekend in terms of the, the rugby league calendar. It's always some huge clashes with the Good Friday between uh, Bulldogs and South and the Easter Monday with uh, Eels and Tigers, which have been big fixtures over the last few years, and it's a, uh, it's a big weekend from start to finish. Yep, and we've got an extra day or half a day to make our um, last-minute yep. decisions with the first game coming on Friday this week instead of Thursday night. All right, let's get into the team news straight away. And obviously the big team news was Jonathan Thurston pulling out with that calf injury late and that shock loss to the Tigers. What does that mean for the Cowboys? Obviously, Ben Hampton comes in. He did all right at hooker, but what does that mean for fantasy? Yeah, quite a few fantasy ramifications from this one. Um, Obviously, Thurston himself is a popular fantasy player, a half gun of years gone by. I think he's probably a sell. Um, It's hard to see him missing less than three games. I think two is the best case scenario, but even if it's only two, he sort of comes back and then he's right into Origin, um, which I think he misses, is it two club games for the the, the, the Origin pre-Origin rounds, plus he um, tends to get rested from maybe a game uh, through that period, just being a little bit older as well, so he's probably a sell. Um, ben Hampton moves to the halves after, I think you'd be fair to say outperforming everyone's expectations last week, certainly outperform my expectations. We talked him uh, down last week and yeah, he bumped out of 54. The 40 tackles in, in 50-odd minutes was a surprise. I think his time on field sort of coincided with the Cowboys doing a lot more of defending. Um, four tackle breaks as well, though, boosted him up to, uh, to 54. He won't get anywhere near that amount of defensive workload in the halves, but maybe a few extra kick metres and potentially some attacking stats to, to cancel that out. So um, interesting to see what happens with him there. Leary starting, I think he's far too short-term to be looking at as an option, even though he is very cheap. Um, Coot's still out, Callum Ponga's still at fullback. So if you took a punt on him, then you're, uh, you're loving life at the moment. Good news as well for Cohen Hess, who gets a yep. starting spot. Um, came off the bench last week, I believe. Um, yeah, so Ethan Lowe's back to the bench this week. He could be a bit of a mix, mix to fix it with um, a bit of time at dummy half maybe to rest up Leary so hard to say yet whether Hess is a now full time starting second rower but great news if you got him he scored 50 last week but that was boosted by two tries he just no matter how many times you talk him down he just keeps finding ways to barge just over the keeps try. getting tries doesn't he um, yeah, I mean, the, the longer he's playing, he's, he's starting in the second row, the more chance he has of doing that or playing 80 minutes and scoring well mm. through base stats. Well, he's had some huge scores, but 53 with two tries last week, and I think uh, one of them included a line break and a few tackle busts. So if you take those tries out, it was actually a pretty poor score by his standards. I don't know if that means he's, you know, his base stats or his, his workload outside of those tries is diminishing a little bit. But as you say, if he keeps getting the tries, it doesn't really matter too much. Right, the Sharks did almost the impossible, went down to Melbourne, trailed at halftime and still won. Seguiaro was instrumental in that win with some really key kicks in that try at the end. But he broke his arm in that game. So what does that mean for the Sharks? Apparently he did it right at the start, which is, you know, good to, it, to yeah. see for playing on. That's a tough, tough effort. Um, out for six weeks. So if you didn't um, move on Jaden Braley last week, he's probably still a hold for now, which is probably the main consideration out of all that. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. If you've got Braley, a lot of people sold him last week, but he should make another few, at least two or three weeks of price rises, and his scores should go up as well. Is there a worry with Farmanu Brown on the on the extended bench? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not a worry. He'll still um, get price rises, 
but um, yeah, it, it might hurt his chances of. Don't him. expect him to play eighty. All right. Stra- he, yeah, he only played eighty once in the the three or four games before Seggy rocked up anyway. Yeah. So he, he is used to getting a bit of a spell for ten or twenty. All right, straight into the Broncos, and there's a lot of interest here. We've had a lot of questions using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. Ben Hunt out six to eight weeks, uh, averaging forty six, four hundred fifty three grand. So if you got him, he's a definite sell. But there's a lot of questions on Nicarima. Uh, 208,000 for Nicarima, starting in the halves, obviously going to get a long sort of spell there, uh, but a break even if in the 30s. So he's an interesting one. Yeah, he's a tricky price at just over 200 grand. You want a cash cow to be less than that, ideally. And uh, yeah, it's hard to see. I mean, you know, we, we didn't predict Ben Hampton's score last week, but it's hard to predict Nicarima scoring much more than, say, 35 a game, maybe 40. Um, if anything, it'll mean you'd think uh, Anthony Milford's scores could go up in the next few weeks. They've also they've just gotten through a really tough start to the season. With um, yeah. They played the top four teams from last year in the first four rounds, and they had a loss to the Bulldogs. Um, a tough game last week as well that they, that they won, but now they've got a pretty easy streak coming up. So Milford could really cash in with some attacking stats, but in saying that, he's not, it's not like he's a cash cow either. He's probably not a keeper long term. So, I don't know. I don't really like Milford as a buy at the moment because he relies so heavily on attacking stats and their structure goes out the window a little bit with uh, Nick Rema there in there instead of Hunt. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with the kick meters because Hunt does a lot of the kicking. Milford might pick up a few of those. McCulloch might actually get a few extras because he likes kicking out a dummy half. You'd have to think Nick Rema is going to be at least a 50-50 option because Milford's not really a dominant kicker. Yeah, I think McCulloch's the big winner out of Hunt's injury. Fantasy-wise, and he's only got two scores under sixty anyway. He's absolutely <laughs> flying, but yeah. but he was he was pretty much certain to get some bench time when Nick Rima mm. got into the squad, um, and then Hunt's injury meant Nick Rima came on early, played halfback, and now he's starting halfback. It looks like McCulloch's going to play eighty minutes for the next six mm. weeks or eight weeks until um, Ben Hunt comes back. They've got is it uh, David Mead is pushed back to the bench but yep. still in the 17 so I'm not really sure the, you wouldn't think he's really looked at as a dummy half no, I assume he's just a backup like a play outside a little bit back. of edge back row if he comes on for 10 yeah. minutes or something yeah. alright let's fire through some of the other team news at the Bulldogs David Clemmer Brad Abbey who scored two went off with a concussion hurt a lot of people who had him as a cash cow uh, but the most, most interesting one was Matt Frawley who's been killing it for them and looks to be a real game changer for them is on the extended bench. Do we think Des is back to his old tricks playing Ducks and Drakes? Could be. A bit of a shock, wasn't it, seeing him not even in the 17 after um, being on the bench last week and impressing the week before. Um, yeah, I wouldn't rule out the chance of him getting into the starting team before kickoff. And the good news for fantasy coaches is this is the first game of the round, four o'clock on Friday afternoon. So we'll know before kickoff whether he's in or not. Yeah, you'd have to think he's going to force his way into the 17 and Des is just doing his mad professor routine with all of us. Um, Matt Elliott, we touched on, I know quite a few people had him as a a low-end kind of cheap option in the forwards. Um, He's been pretty much an avoid just because he's getting such tiny minutes, but starting... Adam Elliott, sorry. Adam Elliott, Yep. who would I say? I think he said Matt Elliott. Matt Elliott. No, I don't think he's playing this weekend. (laughs) A little bit uh, into retirement by now. Um, Adam Elliott, uh, good little uh, motor on him. He's got a good work rate. He scored a try, I think, back in in round two, and his um, his scores have been bad purely because of minutes, not because of his uh, output. So if you do have him, um, I think Clemmer's too short term of an injury to be buying Elliot. But uh, if you've got him, then that's uh, he's set for a few little price bumps there. 
All right, at the Roosters, Latrell Mitchell got hooked the other week. He's been rested this week. I'm using inverted commas even though no one can see it. Uh, he's been dropped or rested 329,000 but hasn't been setting the world alight in the last few weeks defensively. He's had some lapses. But I want to talk about the Titans. Nathan Peets is back and he has been a pretty strong scorer in the previous years playing fantasy at hooker. What do you want to say? Yeah. <laughs> Look, one to keep an eye on, but I, I wouldn't be rushing into buying Nathan no. just yet. Um, as we've said before, with McCulloch and Cameron Smith, obviously, and Cameron McGuinness, we have some really high-scoring hookers this year. So I think Pete's is in that Isaac Luke group just behind that, scoring around 50 yeah. a week, 45, 50. If I was going to be buying a hooker below the premium level with those three guys you mentioned, I'd probably be looking at Josh Hodgson, who's like a, a mid-40 scorer, and he's shed, what is it, about 100,000. So I think Pete's is definitely a leave it alone for now. All right, uh, big news at the Panthers with the trio returning, but also James Fisher-Harris, which means everyone's favourite cash cow. No! <laughs> everyone's favourite cash cow moves back to the bench after starting and scoring really well. Uh, Corey Harawira Naira moves back to the bench, and also there's a chance of Cartwright coming back, which we've talked about for a few weeks now, has always been what looks like happening at Panthers, but we wish probably in a few weeks' time, not this week. Yeah, I think Cardi set out their first training session of the week. I'm not aware of him having got back on the field since then, so you'd have to think long odds for this weekend. Um, Fisher-Harris looks likely to play. Apparently was close last week, so we're thinking Corey back to the bench, but I, I don't really see him scoring a lot less um, than usual. He tends to start very fast and get involved in lots of runs and tackle breaks and, and tackles, and then he sort of hits a bit of a... Um, a hurdle after about 40 minutes on the field. Yeah, and doesn't he only really... plays 50 minutes anyway. If yeah, starts, so. so if he comes on after half an hour and still gets 40, 50 minutes, you'd have to think still at least mid-30s, if not... Yeah, more. and if you bought him two weeks ago, this was pretty much what you had to expect, yeah. that he gets one or two starts and then a spot on the bench. So it's mm-hmm. all working fine, price-wise. Yeah, if he makes 30-something this week at another 30, 40 grand price rise, then he's done his job as a cash cow. Another popular cash cow looks like his job security is in a bit of trouble is Riley Jacks at the Storm because there's a bit of word that Munster might be back this week, although they're playing Manly who had a big loss last week and probably don't need to risk him, but they did just come off a loss so they might rush him back into the team this week. Yeah, so Munster's in the, uh, in the reserves this week on the extended bench along with Jesse Bromwich. So, yeah, um, it's pretty close to... Um, time up for Riley Jackson, the starting team. He, he might get a run on the bench anyway. Um, but, yeah, he's made good cash if you have him. Um, his break-even still 21, I think, so yeah. he'll get another price boost if he plays. If he plays and doesn't play off the bench or share minutes sure. with Munster and only get half an hour and score 15. So, potentially, if we end up with both Jacks and Munster in the 17, he could be a sell this week, yep. if he's on his own, then he's uh, looking at another price rise and probably a sell next week. We mentioned him at the top, but Blake Leary is starting at hooker and might get a run, but depending on how long Granville's out. And obviously, Kalen Ponger as well has made over 100 grand. And um, while he wasn't named in round one, has certainly made a lot of cash for people who picked him up early. Yeah, so Ponger, we'll start with Ponger because it's a bit simpler. He's been great if you, if you had him. Um, Purely because uh, Lachlan Coote ended up having several, you know, games out through injury, and that was the one way Ponga was going to get game time, and he has, and he's made the most of it with a few big scores, good 50 on the weekend. Uh, Blake Leary uh, is an interesting one, uh, but he's got the same kind of um, job security issues that Hampton does now with uh, Thurston out. Um, in a few weeks' time, so two or three weeks, Thurston comes back. Uh, Jake Granville's out for another couple of weeks, we think. Um, 
And at that point, either Leary or Hampton will go back to starting hooker and one will be uh, bench utility. It's hard to say which one that's going to be at this point. I mean, Leary probably looked better at hooker last week. Yeah, Hampton. I think the Cowboys looked better with Leary at, yeah. at dummy half. The, even though Hampton was scoring well in, in fantasy terms, he um, was a bit hit and miss in terms of being a, a starting hooker. I think he's a good utility, but I, I question his value to the team as a you know big-minute hooker. Um, they've gone that way with Leary, and I would assume John Asiata or someone to uh, sub in at, at dummy half off the bench. Um, but we've got Coot back soon. Thurston back in two to three weeks, yep. Granville back in another two to four weeks. Um, when the first person, uh, let's say Coot comes back, he'll go to the halves, I think, with Morgan, yep. Hampton to Hooker and Leary to the bench or out. And then we've got Thurston back, which means you're back with um, Hampton at Hooker and Leary out of the team or similar. And then obviously Granville back and there, you know, Hampton's back to bench utility. So there's a lot of uncertainty about who comes back when. Um, but given that uh, Hampton's probably going to go back to the bench probably three weeks max, I'd be... And do we think Hampton's a trap? I mean, his break-even is minus three after 54 last week, so he's going to make some cash. But I just want to read out his scores in the last few weeks. 11, 22, 15, 12, 9, and 54 at hooker. So if he's not in that starting side, his scores are going to go way back down. Yeah, I, I think he's actually less of a trap. Than, it's a weird situation. I think... So Ponga and Leary will probably both score pretty well this week and get a good price bump this round, but it's too late to buy them, but I think. Leary could be gone altogether in two or three weeks. That's a waste of a trade or two. Uh, Ponga could be gone in a week's time um, until Coot gets, in, uh, gets injured again, if that happens. Uh, Hampton, yeah, if, if he gets... I think he's got a better chance of making money, but as mm. you say... Last week's big score was a complete one-off for him. He normally scores um, half a point a minute, and last week he scored a point a minute. And the Cowboys, were, it was a terrible performance they got dominated by them, by the which Tigers, helped, which the helped his scores, ironically. Yeah, exactly. They were on the back foot from the start and defending a lot, and he made a ton of tackles. Mm. There tend to be some random, just high individual scores in games where the Tigers are involved as well. I'm reluctant to... <laughs> it's a weird pattern. It right? does seem to happen. I'd be reluctant to put too much stock into it. And the other thing with Hampton is, we talk about it's two trades to get him in and out. I guess if you're selling a, you know, an LG or someone you'd be selling anyway, it's basically one additional trade. But the the thing to remember is you're going to have to sell him in three or four weeks because he's going to go back to the bench and lose whatever money he's made. So it's you're guaranteeing an extra trade soon when you might not want to make it. Yeah, if he was still at hooker, I'd I'd still probably like him as a buy. Mm. Um, but this mystery with what his score is going to look like at halfback add an extra level of doubt to it. So, you know, still not a terrible option, I think. The other guys I'd avoid, but there's still a lot of risk with Hampton. You mentioned Elgin. That's straight into our flop section. Scored 17. Uh, if you've got him, you've sort of made a little bit of cash, but not the cash cow everyone thought. He's been really frustrating all year. Misses a lot of tackles, obviously, which hurts his scores. Surely it's now time to get rid of the Kane LG experiment. Yeah, I was hoping he was going to be a bit like Jackson Hastings was last year. It's semi-established up-and-coming half who yeah. goes from being a you know an injured or a fringe or whatever to starting in 80 minutes and lots of price rises. It hasn't panned out. Was it 33, including two tries the week before? Yeah. Um, his price rises have sort of shuttered to a halt. It's time to move him on when you can, which I guess is a reason why people are looking at Hampton so closely. Um, but, yeah, definitely a sell potentially to Hampton or Nicarima or whoever catches your eye. 
All right, uh, Semi Rajaraja, 13, Brian Kelly, 13, but they're always going to be up and down depending on their scores. You'd think Rajaraja used to score a lot more, but he's having a difficult time, kind of time. But CK, this is the one I want to bring up. Uh, Trent Marin <laughs> has lost 93,000 after we talked about him last week, a break even of 69, only scored 32 last mm. week. Uh, he's only bumped 50 twice this season. What's going on? Well, if you go back to the Roosters game, he got big minutes. He scored mid sixties, and you thought, right, he's back on the back on the path here, and it just hasn't panned out. People are saying he doesn't look as fit as he has in the past, or not as keen. I'm not sure if like he's never really looked like the, you know, yeah. the the rugged athlete that some other guys look like, and he still gets. Still like Fafita, who doesn't look like he's got yeah. a workhorse, but gets through the work anyway. Um, still doesn't usually stop him getting plenty of tackles and, and offloads. He just hasn't been getting any of those, you know, offloads, or and his minutes are down a bit not sure what the issue is. I was really hoping last week would be the week that he, he turned it around. If you sell him now, which I don't think I'm going to do, then you crystallise that 90k price yep. drop. Um, obviously, you, if you sell him now, you're tipping him to lose even more and you want to jump on a guy who's going to be scoring better. Um, I'm tempted to hold just because, I don't know, when they get back to a bit more normality with Fisher-Harris and then Cartwright back, he might revert to more of his his normal role. It's such a tough situation. I went yeah. through last week in this podcast talking you up the whole time because it looked like it was a mirror image of, not mirror image, exactly what happened last season. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you, people are looking to sell him now for someone like Whitehead or Bodine Thompson um, because they're guys who have already dropped and on the way up, theoretically at least. You could almost make <coughs> your money back, but it's... You could if they start averaging 50 for the rest of the season like they did last year. But if you're going with that theory, then why can't Merrin start averaging 55 like he did mm. last year, in which case it's a sideways move. So, yeah. I feel like we'll be talking about Merrin as someone you want to buy in about two weeks when his price is levelled out yeah. and he nails a, you I, know, a 60 I think score. if you do sell him, you probably want to go, you know, upgrade to a definite informed guy. DeBellin or someone. Yeah, a DeBellin, a Tamalolo, if you have that kind of cash. And or, you need to free up 150 points. Yeah. This round's player in focus. All right, let's go into our player in focus <laughs> after talking about Marin last week. Let's hope we have a bit more luck this week. Uh, Angus Crichton from the Rabbitohs, 78 last week. Uh, played 80 minutes, which helps because he's been averaging around that 55-minute yeah. mark. Uh, a break-even of minus three, and he's someone who's gone under the radar, but if he keeps mm. pumping out those big minutes, CK, we'll start with you, uh, could be someone to pick up, and he's going to make a lot of cash. Even in his junior days, before he'd even made a debut, we are hearing whisperings around this young back row at the Rabbitohs who had this huge work rate, and he was going to be a fantasy gun of the future. And I think we're just starting to see it now. Uh, stand to be corrected, but I think that was his first 80-minute game on the weekend. Yep. Um, he got a try assist, which is certainly unusual for him, and I think seven tackle busts, which obviously inflated his score. Um, but it was still over 50 in base stats, and if he's going to do that every week, it was 40-odd tackles and 100-plus metres, which is great. Um, I think our colleague Martin Gabor was out there talking to him yesterday, and uh, he's hoping to um, continue on his 80-minute ways, which uh, with a negative break-even and a fairly juicy price tag still, um, could be a really attractive buy, and obviously good uh, buy-round coverage if you're playing for overall as well. Yeah, I, I feel like he got at least half a dozen tackle breaks the week before as well. Um, I don't think it's uncommon for him to do that. It, it could be, it could be the next Cohen Hess. Is it too early to have the next Cohen Hess? <laughs> it's way too enough. early. Um, yeah. So, so last week's score was a bit of a, a one-off, but as as we say, his his minutes have been uh, increasing basically throughout the season. So, he's played forty or 50, forty minutes or forty odd in the first two rounds that he played, starting round two, and then fifty something in the next two rounds, and then eighty last week. So, 
you know, the trajectory looks good. His points per minute are pretty good. I mean, as you say, the first couple of rounds, he's averaging about 50 minutes a game and he was scoring mid to high 30s, a 37, a 31, a 39 before he's 78 and 80 minutes. But by playing the 80 minutes, he shows that he can do it. Yeah, if he keeps up that points points per game that he's got so far, points per minute, sorry, then, um, yeah, he should average, and he plays 80, he should average mid-50s, which is, mm. you know, fantastic for someone. His price, what does he cost? About 300k? Um, yeah, if he goes back to 50 minutes, then, you know, every chance he goes back to scoring in the 30s. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, my guess would be that he can average mid-40s and up from here, so... That looks pretty promising. Yeah, just looking at his stats, and he's um, probably would have scored more last week, but his seven tackle busts were cancelled out by six missed tackles, which does look like an aberration for him. He doesn't tend to rack up missed tackles on a Kane LG-like rate, which is good if you want to buy him. Yeah, so um, the, the, the one big question mark is, will he play 80 minutes now yeah. for the rest of the season? And, you know, new player, Maguire um, can mix up that Souths pack a little bit. Um, it's a bit of a gamble mm. on that, but... South Pack's a bit of a worry overall. Like, other than Sam Burgess, you've got a few... Like, John Sutton's probably in pretty good form. But, um, I mean, at the moment, they're using Cole Turner at prop, which seems a bit weird. And, um, you know, obviously the Burgess twins are a little bit um, out of favour at the moment. Zane Musgrove hasn't quite lifted to the standards, I guess, they would have wanted. Jason Clark's always been a serviceable first grader, but he's not going to, you know, single-handedly win you any uh, footy games. So someone like Angus Crichton, who does have a bit of that X factor, is probably... You know, appealing for someone like Michael Maguire to give a few more minutes too. Is so Kyle Turner's at prop. If that doesn't work out and they're moving back to the second row, that hurts Crichton. So that appears to be why Crichton's in the back row is because Turner's been moved. Exactly. Yeah. Front. So it kind of it's relying on that as well. Yeah. Crichton's minutes are relying on Turner's performance in, in the mm. front row as well. And I guess in turn hinging on guys like the Burgess twins being out of favour and not sure. starting at prop. Yeah. So a few question marks. Yeah. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. Uh, Toby Funk wants to know, he got in touch on Twitter. Nathan Brown, legitimate keeper in the front row. Am I crazy to trade him from Merrin via the dual position? <laughs> CK, well, this is an option for you, maybe. I'm not going to delve any further into whether Merrin's a, a hold or a sell, but Nathan Brown is someone who I was eyeing off at the start of the year, expecting him to start, and then Sui Matungi got the starting role. Um, has ended up starting at lock for Bo Scott, which is fantastic for his scores. He did get a try last week, but he's got two back-to-back 60-plus scores playing big minutes. Um, he's very versatile. He's got some some ball-playing ability. He can sub into dummy half if he's needed to. Um, he's pretty mobile. He can break tackles. Uh, playing big minutes, I think he's a keeper. Um, he's not that cheap, but uh, he's probably got a bit of upside if he's going to continue playing this big It costs about 400k, yeah. I think. And he's scoring well whether they win or lose, which is great for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, so he's been, I think, a late inclusion at lock the last two weeks, and he's been officially named at yeah. 13 this week with both Scott named on the bench, which is mm. a good sign for, for that continuing. Yeah, well, he lost some money at the start of the year, and then he's made it all back, and now he's sort of on the upward trend. I think he's about 24k more than he started at. But, um, yeah, if he's going to be playing lock rather than prop and playing big minutes, then he's very appealing at the moment at 400-ish. All right, quick yes or no. Luke Heikinen wants to know, is it time to cash out LG and bring in Hampton? Yes or no, CK? Uh, it's definitely time to cash out LG. I wouldn't be getting Hampton, but I know a lot of people are in liking him. There so wasn't a single yes or no in that answer. <laughs> but can we yes say maybe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kiri Tunation wants to know. He's currently got 18 plays out. He's already looking at the round 12 buy. Okay. 
and his team will be minus 18 players in that first buy, which he says is bad. Should his trades now be focused on that first buy? If you're playing for overall and you're currently on track to be missing 18 players, then yes, it's time to start planning ahead. Missing 18 players. It seems like a lot. So he should be eyeing <laughs> off Eels and Rabbitohs, basically. They're the two teams that play in all three mm. major buy rounds, and we've mentioned a few good buys from those teams yeah. already. That They are you know, fairly chock full of decent fantasy options this year, which is a good yeah. sign. All right, the Dragons are on top of the ladder, and Richard Penner wants to know, is Gareth Widdop shaping as a keeper? Uh, he's averaging 49. He's 417,000. He's made 33, but Widdop is sort of setting the... The comp light at the moment at the Dragons? Historically, he's not been anywhere near a keeper in the halves. He's getting a lot of attacking stats at the moment, a few tries, uh, lots of try assists. Um, the Dragons obviously score the most points of any club after six rounds. Probably going to continue scoring points and Widdop's going to have probably more goals under his belt than what he's had in previous years. But in terms of buying him as a keeper, I'm yeah, there's, I feel like there's four or five or maybe six halves that are all about the same level and should all be 50-point players. And they all seem more reliable than, than Widdop, who's had... He's had good little runs of fantasy scores in the past. Um, the Dragons have had a dream start to the season. Um, they haven't played that many really top teams yet, so mm. that could change a little. The next four weeks is pretty tough. tough. Run coming exactly, out, yeah. so I'd be pretty hesitant. But if you've got him already and he's averaging 49, oh, already, I wouldn't be selling, selling him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jason Wan Watson uh, talking about Cohen Hess, which is always a good topic. Uh, is he a good option, uh, or would you go Bodine Thompson, Whitehead, Bureau? Three guys we seem to talk about a lot. Bureau has been moved to the second row, which we didn't touch on at the top, but pumped out another big score and looks set to be a keeper at 50.5 average. So Whitehead and Thompson, as we've said, uh, look great value. Mm. I don't know if they're necessarily going to score more than 50 points a game for the rest of the year, but they've done that in the past. Um, Bureau, I think, is rock-solid 50-point player. Uh, Hess is going well. I don't know if you'd buy him now. No, definitely hold, but I wouldn't buy him. Same for Bureau. The other two, I think, are buys this week if yep. you've got someone else to clear out of your team. All right, Christopher Faulkner wants to know, using the hashtag NRL Fantasy, Whitehead in for Soliola and Sam Burgess in for Frizzell. Uh, what do you think about those two I trades? Like it. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be rushing, rushing Frizzell out. He's been scoring... I think the games he take out his injuries, he's averaging 53 or 54 in 80 minutes. So he's probably not a sell. Uh, otherwise, I like it. All right, got a couple couple few ones to go. Uh, David Beck at Loves NRL wants to know, if you have CHN, uh, would you have him in your 17 this week, given that he's been named on the bench? <laughs> Depends who you have the, the rest of your 17. Do we have to explain who CHN is for the non diehard call the concept. Corey, we'll call him Corey. We're on first name basis. Corey Harawira Naira for those playing at home. So, yeah, sick as you said earlier, off the bench, he still could score well. You know, he's, he's, he tends yeah. to, he's, he's had a couple of 50s in about 50 minutes. So, if it's between him and Moses Suli or him and Kane LG, then yeah, I'd be going with CHN. All right, we had a lot of questions about Cody and Hampton, Cody Nicarima. I think we've covered them, but Nicarima, 30-ish, is he too risky given what we talked about at the top? With a high break-even, well, not a high, but a break-even in the 30s, you can easily afford to wait this week, yeah. see how he plays. So he's going to be there for six or seven or eight weeks. So, yeah, no rush to buy him this week, I, I think. Agree. All right, boys, that should do us for this week of fantasy. What, uh, what trades are you looking at this week? I was eyeing off Nicarima in for Riley Jacks only if Riley Jacks, as I mentioned earlier, ends up 
compromised by Munster being in a 17 or, or getting dropped. Otherwise, I'll, I'll hold off on that. Um, otherwise, I'm eyeing off a Brian Kelly out, Elliot Whitehead in via moving Sione nice. and using my bank. Yeah, there's half a dozen options. I've got no idea at this point. Um, one guy we haven't mentioned is Joey Leilua, who's like yes. Whitehead and Bowden Thompson has dropped 130000 on his starting price. Had a good week on the weekend. Um, scoring 60-odd. Everyone missed it because Rapana scored 120 or something <laughs> next to him. Um, yeah, so he's another guy who's really underpriced now. Should be a keeper if you need a scorer in your centres. It's just tough at this time of year. Even with his discount, he's still very expensive to be buying yeah. a centre when there's you know so, many, so much else going on in the forwards and so on. All right, I feel like we spent all day Wednesday talking about fantasy. You go to Thursday, we've got an extra day to make our trades, but I still have no idea who I'm going to trade, but hopefully we've helped you. Uh, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast this week. Uh, remember, you can get involved at fantasy.nrl.com. You can follow us at Twitter, at AndrewBryan321, at Dom underscore Brock, and at CKennedy80. Uh, use the hashtag NRL Fantasy if you want to get involved and ask us a question. Uh, enjoy Easter, enjoy the footy, lots of cracking games coming up. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.